Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. On scorenorth.com. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. Hockey! Yeah. Yeah. My favorite. It's Judd's Hockey Show. Beck and I have a good relationship. Uh, we've, we've talked over the last week about certain possibilities. Um, we we're both completely upfront with each other and. Um, and honest with what was going on or feelings or anything like that. So uh, the fact that nothing happened today is, is fine. This is, um, you know, something that we're, we're just looking forward on now. And Zach's a big part of the Minnesota Wild, and he's, he's going to be. And uh, we're excited to still have him. Relationship, Miko and I have a good relationship, too. Um, I think that's the important thing when you're going through a time like this. Um, as, an, as an older player, uh, somebody that's been there before, communication, and, and honesty is, is very important. And um, I, I, I was as honest as I possibly could be with these guys, and they were fantastic through this whole process. Anybody on a given night. Um, you know, it's, uh, I, I think Dean's done a good job with the, with the current roster. Um, you know, the guys seem energized. They, they're playing well. They're playing hard for them. And, um, you know, we're expecting good things. And with that, welcome in to a marathon day. We had Ventline, Declan Goff, from 11 to noon, and under which we uh, tackled a lot of subjects regarding the NHL trade deadline, which at that time was three hours away. We did a uh, emergency episode of Judd's Hockey Show that wasn't planned and preempted Purple Daily from 2 to 3 p.m. because we thought of Zach Preezy to the Islanders trade, which had been rumored and been talked about more than a rumor might take place, and the deadline was at 2 o'clock. That didn't happen, but nonetheless, we did an hour show there, and now we are back for what was a planned one-hour show, Judd's Hockey Show special of the aftermath, I guess, of the trade deadline, which came and went at 2 o'clock today with the Wild, surprisingly to me, making no moves. That was Bill Guerin in an afternoon press conference, I believe, at uh, 2.45, talking pretty candidly about the fact that he did go to Parisi and Koivu and said, if you waive your no-move clauses, I will try to move you. Koivu, of course, over the weekend said, no, thank you, 15 years here. I'm not going anywhere. And uh, Declan, the headline probably today from the entire league of deals that didn't get done, and I think we have 20-plus deals that were done. It was a crazy great day, uh, is the fact that Zach Parisi remains a member of the Wild. He okayed, he said, I will waive my no-trade to go to the Islanders. A deal did not get done. Garen talked about it. Uh, but now that we're four hours past the deadline and can all take a deep breath, your thoughts on the fact that clearly they came so close to moving a guy that had been an instrumental piece of this team, and yet at the end of the day, Zach Parise will be playing for the Wild tomorrow night against Columbus at the X. Well, I, I think it shows that the Parise contract is not as immovable as we thought it was. Um, that's probably the biggest takeaway to have. Whether this trade fell, fell through or not or didn't come to fruition, I think the fact that they were able to almost orchestrate it shows that it's not as hard as we think it is. Now, it doesn't mean it's not complicated. It doesn't mean it's going to take some hoop jumping, because Andrew Ladd also is basically in a similar situation with a very high cap hit and someone who's buried in the AHL right now. It'd be one thing if Ladd was at least somewhat producing at the NHL level. He wasn't. I mean, he's called up for the rest of the season, probably now really ticked off. But <laughs> but that that goes to show that it's not as impossible to move one of these contracts as we thought it was, which I think is a good sign if you're the Wild. It's still going to be extremely tough, but not getting anything for Brody or Dumba. I only wanted they wanted a top line center. That's what we wanted back. So if that never came to fruition, I understand why a Dumba 
or a Brodeen was not moved because the asking price uh, wasn't able to get there. So, yeah, let's unpack the individual names. Because on Dumba and Brodeen, the fact that they didn't trade them, I'm absolutely fine. They clearly, Carolina uh, traded for two defensemen today, including Brady Shea, who they sent a first-round pick to the Rangers for. If Bill Guerin went to Carolina, and I'm guaranteeing he did, and offered up Brodeen and Dumba and said, but the but the price is going to be huge. And they balked, and they're like, we'll give you a draft pick, but nothing more. You know what? Bill Guerin, 1,000% right to say no. Correct. Absolutely. He did the right thing. I was never high on moving Dumba or Brodeen unless you got exactly what you wanted. And now, you know what? July 1st or 2nd, they might be moved. So I wouldn't consider them to be entirely safe. Brodeen was intriguing because he's got, what, a year after this left on his contract. And so I'm willing to bet that a team right now would have paid a little bit more than you will get in July. But I don't think those guys are completely safe. But I also think that they're good enough players. And Dumba, I'm guessing the teams were trying to uh, get cheap. Dumba's still a very good player. He's having a really tough season. But that does not mean that, that you give him away. That does not. You are under no pressure to make those trades. So unless those trades were Bill Guerin friendly, were wild friendly, I think he did the right thing there. I agree. I, I don't think that we should have just been selling them just to sell them. Um, you needed dynamic players. And if the look, the wild need top six centers, right? They need multiple of them. But if teams are reluctant to give that up, then I'm not just going to give away Brodeen for peanuts either. And you have to at least, I think the only thing that's disappointing is a guy like Stahl, maybe they just weren't able to get what they wanted there, but I think you could have gotten a, a high-end well, prospect. Yeah, that's a, those, are, those are different to me. Dumba and Brodeen, I think you ask, you shoot for the moon, and if teams say no, you say, well, then they're off the market. Right. You just went down a path that slightly bugs me on at least a couple of players. Stahl is one. We have seen Eric Stahl. He's being used too much right now. He's being used in a role that at his age, I believe, 35, correct? Yes. He can no longer really play. And I think Eric Stahl could have helped a contender. Now, Eric Stahl has a 10-team no-trade list. That, of course, Paul Fenton gave him when instead of trading him at the deadline last year, because we went through the song and dance a year ago with Paul Fenton playing the role of Bill Guerin. Um, and we thought Stahl is, was going to be moved then. Instead, Paul Fenton signed Eric to a two-year extension, which I still don't get. I know it's team-friendly, but I don't care. And so there were 10 teams to which Eric Stahl could not be traded now. And my point this morning, and I'll stick with this, is then I find team 11 and 12 and say, Eric Stahl, third-round draft pick, let's do this. I'm to the point now because he's just spent. And I think if you had sent him to a contender, Dex, where he could have played third or fourth line and still played a role for a playoff team, but he cannot play top six. He is, I mean, the last month has been so difficult to watch this guy try and get by. He looks exhausted. He looks spent. He looks completely cooked. And I think if you put him with the right team where he didn't have to play as much, he might not be as cooked. So I'm with you there. Alex Galchenyuk, another guy I wanted to move because he's got an expiring contract for a draft pick. I don't see an upside to him being here. I don't think uh, the only way that I would have kept him is if I was going to try and sign him, and I don't think they're going to. I think he's going to walk, and I love the fact that they got the expiring contract in the Zucker trade, but Galchenyuk's another one. I would have taken a market and said, give me a third-round pick. That's fine. Hey, second-round pick, even better. Yep. But those two, so in grouping these players, in grouping Dumba and Brodeen, top-notch, Give me what I want, or they're off the market. So when they were pulled off the market, Bill Guerin, good job. Stahl and Galchenyuk would have been happy to trade. I create room for Donato to play. Donato needs to play more. We have to, you, if you're the Wild, it is on you now. I don't care what you do. It's on you now, in my opinion, to play Donato. Top six minutes for the remaining, I believe it's 21 games, starting tomorrow night against the Blue Jackets. You got to find out there. You got to find out. Yep. Like so that. so Galchenyuk's gone, Stahl's gone. I don't care. Bring up what's his name? Sturm from Yeah, Nico Sturm. Iowa. Bring him up, let him play center. Yeah. Your guy's going to play tomorrow. Yeah. Jerry's going to play tomorrow. Top, Top line, line. right. Exactly. So let's get guys up here, all right? So Galchenyuk and Stahl should have been gone. Now let's get to Zach. Cuz this one to me is intriguing. In taping uh Unchained with Royce, 
which is going to air tomorrow night, but you can find it right now. Go uh, check it out, scorenorth.com, preferably after our show. It gets done at 7 o'clock. You know, Patrick, who's covered sports, not hockey, but sports for a long time, his initial take was, well, you had your chance for Zach to waive his no-move clause. You didn't take it. And now Zach's going to come back and say, you tried, you didn't do it, too bad. He might be right. Mackie's point at the end of our show last hour is also a good one, and that is we know for a fact that Zach wants to win, and Zach doesn't want to really be part of a rebuild. Just to be clear, I think Ryan Suter's okay. I think Suter likes being here. So he's not trying to force his way out. I agree. I think Zach looks at his career at the age of 35 and is like, I want to try and win another cup. Good for him. So there's an argument to be made then that Zach will tell Bill Guerin again, oh, hey, if you can trade me to, and I'm sure it's very few teams, it's probably not a long list of teams, I'll take a trade. But Declan, here's here's my conundrum, and here's why I'm very disappointed, not in Bill Guerin, but I'm very disappointed in the fact that the Prezi trade didn't go down when hours ago we thought it was going to. You had an opportunity. You had found a team that was desperate for third-line help. You know, Zach Parisi is paid really, really well. He's paid like he's top six. He's not. You found a team that was sort of desperate here, that's really pretty good, that wanted to plug Zach in, left wing, third line, where he'd be perfect. And I don't know if it's because it fell apart as far as the Wild couldn't get enough compensation back, if the Isles GM uh, was upset it leaked out and... Lamarillo yanked the deal off the table. Any number of reasons why this trade could have fallen apart. But that being said, where this gets sticky to me is, all right, let's say you missed the playoffs, season's done. Garen and Zach meet again, and Zach says, you know, Billy, try and trade me. I'd like to go to, here's five teams I'd like to go to. In the non-desperation time of the summer, are those five, let's say it's five to seven teams, Declan, are those five to seven teams going to say, yeah, you know, we'd love to pay Zach and we'd love to have Zach, who's a third-line guy, or are they all going to try and stick the wild with the majority of trying to pay off Zach's contract and say, we're not really that desperate now. We don't need him because what we have to get our heads around as Minnesota hockey fans and people that follow this team is this is no longer the July 4th, 2012 Zach Parisi. So is a team in the calm of the summer, trade deadlines absolutely different, going to pine for Zach Parisi? Or was today the day to pull the trigger and now it actually only gets tougher and there's more of a chance that you're going to have to go into training camp 2020 with Zach Parisi on your roster? I think it's more likely he's moved. I still think he can get moved. But do, this you summer. Think, but do you think teams in the calm of the summer, when they're planning out things, mm-hmm. are going to want to pick up any part of that salary? Yes, I do. I think the okay. fact that one team in the Islanders were willing to do it, and you essentially have to swap salaries. So you have to figure out what other team, let's just again use the Islanders. So Andrew Ladd's going to be your salary swap, and then maybe New York has to throw in a second round pick. Right or a bottom tier prospect that's buried. Well, you definitely want to. You definitely try to get a draft they need, pick, right? They need to get. New York would have to give up at least something else, but it can't be. It's not going to be a steal. It's going to be. You're already taking on another bad salary yourself. You're trying to open yourselves up in the salary cap. So, yes, I think someone's going to be able to take this bait because they're going to want Zach Parisi. And See, that's, at, my, at that's least, my question. At least Parisi is producing. Yeah, Parise he's got 21 goals. Got 21 goals. He could still flirt with 30 by the end of the year. So he's still a productive player. It's just the recapture languages and the cap hits that is the toughest hurdle to overcome. But the fact that two teams in Lou Lamorello and Bill Guerin were able to at least get off to the races with this talk tells me that there is a potential for some team to take this bait. Different situation. Look at Ila Kolbachuk right now, right? He goes to Los Angeles, yeah. doesn't work. I believe did they release him straight up. Or did he buy himself? He didn't. I know he didn't buy himself out. They let him go, and he got picked up by the Canadians who traded him. Right. So yeah. you can figure out ways to finagle crazy salary cap situations in this league. It's not easy, and it's not going to be equal value trades, but I do think there is something to it. So if you do that, and you find a team that will take Parisi, what is your starting point 
let's say the trade's made July 15th. What's your starting point for what you would have to get back for him? Or are you to the point by then where you were simply looking to appease him by sending him to a team that can win and get him off your your roster and therefore your books? I would say just a middle-tier draft pick and a mid and or a mid-level prospect. Like you're not going to get a first round pick for Zach Parisi. You're not going to no. get a top prospect like Zucker got from Pittsburgh. That's just not an option for for right now because Parisi is up there in age and his contract. Mm-hmm. So no team's going to willingly give up a top prospect like that. But I do think there's someone that says, "Yeah, Zach Parise, let's do it. A veteran. We're a young team. We haven't been there. We haven't done that before. We'd love to have that guy in our roster." Interesting. I can I can see that happening. I don't know how you view it, but that's how I look at it. I view it as today was a really good opportunity that unfortunately, if your Bill Guerin in the Wild didn't work out. I was really excited about the fact. And you know what? Again, just like with Zucker, I think if you had sent Zach to a good team and stuck him on the third line left wing, he could have been really good. Win-win trade. The Zucker trade. Win for both teams. Have you seen how he's, he's playing with Sidney yeah, Crosby? Uh, and this is not surprising. No, it's not. But we said that the day he got traded. Bill Guerin said that, and he's right, too. That Jason Zucker trade is a great trade for all parties. And I think if you could have gotten Parisi, the Koivu's gone, so that's fine. Like, would it have been nice to get a third round or a fourth round pick for Koivu? Yes. If he is truly, provided he does not go to Craig Leopold and say, can I come back? Because I'm really afraid Craig might be like, well, you are one of our great players. You've been number nine is going to the rafters, God forbid. I, I am afraid of that. But if this plays out like it should, which is, Miko, you can play the last 21 games with us, but you're done, I'm fine with that, absolutely. I just think that there was a window of opportunity today that had probably been discussed for months and months, probably Dex, beginning with Paul Fenton, to trade Parisi, that didn't get done. Uh, if I'm disappointed, though, it's not. that's too bad. So here's how I would grade today from a trade perspective for the Wild on a deal in which they made no trades. Dumba and Brodine, A+. You didn't get what you wanted, A-plus move, not to trade them. Parisi might be an incomplete, because to your point, he still might get traded. I'm a little bit leery about that, but let's say he does. And I like the fact that what you're saying is, what we once thought was an unmovable contract might be a movable contract. Where I am disappointed is why Galchenyuk and Eric Stahl are still here. Like, I don't understand why you couldn't get an 11th team. And if the reason was because Eric Stahl likes it here, I'm sorry. I can't go along with that one. Like, you had a chance. With Koivu, we know. And, and this one does confuse me. Like, like, I get the fact you wanted to play... 15 years here, if he's going to retire as a a Wild, or as a member of the Wild, I should say. I hate that name. That's fine, as a Wild. What the heck is that? I know you hate it. Um, But, but, you know, it always confuses me why a guy wouldn't want to go try and win a cup. Because for a lot of these guys, that's the only reason why they play. And I do think that Zach Parisi said to himself... I'm tired of this. We didn't win here. It didn't work out. You know, if I can be traded to a team that's got playoff aspirations, and I'm sorry, we could talk all we want, and Bill Guerin can talk all he wants about the playoff aspirations of the Wild. We've seen enough of this team. They shouldn't exist. The only reason why they exist is because, and I love hockey, as you know well, but this league unwards awards an ungodly amount of points to teams that don't deserve points. These three-point games, the Wild, you know, gets... They lose to the Rangers, but they get a point. But this is not a playoff team. And we saw them up against the Blues last night, and the Blues are outstanding. But if you want to sort of measure yourself as to where you are, the Wild does not have the centers or the goaltending to do it. Yeah. They got some defensemen I really like. They got some wingers who can play. But when you build a hockey team, when we're talking about up the middle... How are your centers? 75% of the guys that the Wild put out there last night to me were subpar. And the goaltending, unfortunately, with Dubnik. And if Stalock plays too much, it's the same thing. Not good enough. Yeah. So there's not really a playoff team. No, it's not. The problem, though, too, is on, according to Tankathon, our friends at Tankathon who, who love to tank. I love Tankathon. The Wild do have a good amount of regulation wins this year. They mm-hmm. got 25. And the next closest teams behind them, Buffalo 22, 
Montreal 18, Chicago 19. So that that's a potential tie-breaking problem. So if you're the Wild and you want to get bad, you can do that, but you have to then hope that Chicago and Buffalo play at an even worse pace than you are. Well, Chicago today, as far as I'm concerned, got out. Robin Leonard, if I'm not mistaken, statistically has had a really nice year. And you traded him straight up for Malcolm Subban to Vegas, and you made at least another trade as well. I think Chicago made their intentions crystal clear today. Don't you? Yeah. I think Chicago, and you know what? I think Chicago is close to being a pretty good team. Not a great team, but a pretty good team. And so if they're going to say we're going to get prospects or we're going to get draft picks, that's fine. But I think Chicago bailed. And I wanted the Wild, I wanted the wild to bail more. Here, Here's the... Okay, I'm going to ask you this uh, question. And if you'd like to chime in, 651-646-8255. 651-646-8255. Um, Judd's Hockey Show. And we are going through NHL trade deadline day, which hit at 2 o'clock today. If you have thoughts on Parisi not being traded... If you have thoughts on the Wild not making moves, 651-646-8255. Miko Koivu saying no to a potential trade. Here's my here's the question I've got for you, though. You know what's funny about this? If you had traded, let's say you traded Stahl today, okay? That really wouldn't be bailing because when I watch him play now, when he plays, it's as if you're bailing. So that's the other thing. I like some of the kids, don't you? Yes, I love him. I like, I like most of them. But like watching Stahl last night, minus three against St. Louis. Well, it doesn't do anything for you. Right, but the yeah. So, but the point being is if you had sent Eric Stahl to the Flyers, for instance, that's not a white flag move because when he plays right now, it's almost a white flag move. Yeah. I would have just tried to get the draft pick for him. Right. So we pulled some sound from uh, Billy Guerin's press conference this afternoon. Here is uh, Bill Guerin talking about, I think expectations for the rest of the season is that a fair way to set this up yep, that's correct all right i didn't want to do a deal today just to do a deal and um nothing really made sense the 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 players that we stuck with i'm extremely happy about and i expect the same effort i expect the same results and uh you know we're, we're in a good spot right now to try to grab one of the last playoff spots and and that's what we expect uh you know that type of effort to try to get one of those all right, let's try and weigh that statement right now. You just heard that. What's your if you gave Bill Guerin truth serum or you interpreted that statement, what do you think it means? I think he's full of crap. If I'm being completely honest, I don't mean I don't mean to be very blunt. I like Bill Guerin. I like the direction he's taking. I like the decisions he's oh, making. Oh, saying he's full of crap is fine. They're, just to if be you're clear, asking me if sports if, sports lying is not like a it's not this has nothing yeah. to do with Bill Guerin's character. Correct. I'm not not questioning that at all. I, I think he knows that this team is not going anywhere. And I, I brought the point up before that I've never heard, at least to my knowledge, a GM or a coach openly buckle down on the fact that we are going to be bad. Our goal is to not make the playoffs. Our goal is to be in last place. I have never heard an executive, a coach, a player say that in any of the four major sports or any sport in the world, right? Right. So there's a little bit of lip service there, but he knows in his heart of hearts that this team is not going to compete for a playoffs. And Dean Evison, I'm sure he respects Dean Evison. Dean Evison's been around the block a few times. I know he thinks a little highly of him. He thinks the players are more motivated, but this is all part of his master plan, man. He's trying to get this team bad to get them back on track and subtract the fat and get this team back to where they should be in the Western Conference. And it's funny, too, because publicly, Garen and Dean, unlike probably publicly um, Bill Garen and Boudreaux, if you weigh the comments right now of what you're being told by Bill Garen and Dean Evison, they are common. This is Dean Evison after last night's 4-1 loss, in which I don't think the Wild embarrassed itself, Declan, but the Wild certainly had, how can I put this kindly, despite the shots on goal, no chance, right? This is Dean after last night, just to sort of dovetail how closely these two right now are mirroring each other. I don't want to sound like the ultimate optimist, but we played pretty good. Uh, that's an extremely good hockey club, obviously. And their goaltender was, uh, was on. He's been on for a long time, obviously. But, uh, 
But no, I mean we we had opportunities, we had looks, we had chances. We uh, we we thought our our game was good, but uh, you know, end of the day, we didn't get the job done. Let's play a little game. Okay, I'm going to make. I'm going to pretend. Let's pretend you coached the Wild last night. Okay. Okay. And let's pretend you're Boudreaux. You've got that personality. What would you have said? Because we just heard Pollyanna right there. Okay. What would you have said? Not to torch the team. So I'm not asking you to dump on them. But if you were asked, you know, just synopsis of this game, what would be your spots? Well, I'm going to do it in my Boudreaux voice a little bit too, if you don't mind. Um, of course not. Here I go. I would. I would. I would say this. Well, I really liked our jump in the first ten minutes. A lot of back and forth. It was. It was a. It was a fun game. I thought it was fun. And, you know, they they get that first one there, and, you know, that's fine. You know, we rally, we try to go back, and, hey, we held them without a shot for the first seven, eight minutes. Our defense was good. Doobie looked sharp. And then they get the second one at the end, and I think it just kind of snowballed from there. You know, they they they're, they won the Stanley Cup last year. That Bennington kid, he's, he's really good. He's a really good player, and we just didn't have it. I think that's what Bruce would have said. Bruce would have been way more. I, I've, I have covered... So I didn't obviously go on the Western Canada road trip, nor did you, when they won at Vancouver and Edmonton. But I've been at two Dean Everson press conferences now since Bruce got fired. The 2 nothing loss to San Jose, and then the loss to uh, the Blues. Last night's press conference was closer, but there have been times where Dean is answering questions about the game where I feel like we didn't watch the same game. 100%. So the you, San Jose one was off the charts embarrassing. I wouldn't call this response embarrassing, but the Pollyanna nature of it really ran counter to how I think a hockey. Okay, team but did. how much do you think Dean Evison actually does believe they did play well? Do you think he actually does? I we can play it again if you want, but yeah, let's play it again. Okay, let's. Yeah, that's a good point. They don't want to sound like the ultimate optimist, but we played pretty good. Uh, that's an extremely good hockey club. Obviously, and their goaltender was uh, was on. He's been on for a long time, obviously. But uh, but no, I mean we we had opportunities, we had looks, we had chances. We uh, we we thought our our game was good, but uh, you know, end of the day, we didn't get the job done. Craig Benning, or, um Biddington's fantastic. Not Craig. What's it? You messed it up Jordan? yesterday too, Jordan. There was a there was a Craig. I mess up names all the time. There was a Craig at some Name's point Declan, in time. For God's sakes, there, there was a Craig at some point in time. Jordan Bennington was fantastic. He's right about that. But that being said, and, and Russo asked a question later in the press conference that sort of got to the heart of the issue about the veterans not playing well. And Everson didn't deny that one, but he would. But Bruce would have been like, "Oh boy, you're not kidding." Um, I just feel like these guys now. I'm sure at Bill Guerin's direction are going to do their best to ride out the storm. Like, they're just sort of there. Dean Everson has no chance of being the coach of this team in 2020-21. Yeah. And it feels like what we're seeing now is them just basically trying to ride things out and, at least from Dean's standpoint, never be very forthcoming. Yeah, I agree. Because Garrett today, I'm not buying everything he said, but I do think that there's a little bit more forthcoming from him. I think in Dean's case... They're just trying to get these players through. That's my assessment. 651-646-8255, Judd's Hockey Show. Your thoughts, if you have some, on uh, Zach Prezi not being traded, on Miko Koivu saying that he he did not want to be moved and thus enforcing his no-move clause and what was a very busy trade deadline day around the National Hockey League, but not so much if you're a Wild fan. 651-646-8255. It's Judd. It's Declan. Score North, we are in the Teaspoon. Uh, we heard rumblings about uh, an interest from you and the Islanders to acquire Zach Parise. Uh, can you confirm or deny those rumors for us? No, I wouldn't even confirm or deny uh, because you get into a rhetoric about something that you really shouldn't get into. So I wouldn't interpret it either way other than uh, that's not something that I believe in talking about uh, uh, whether it be yesterday, today, or tomorrow, and you can't always believe what you read uh, or hear. I didn't see it coming to fruition with the rumors out there. We know it didn't come from your side, Lou. I can guarantee that after <laughs> knowing you for the last 25 years. 
Lula Amarillo, that's the Islanders GM, the guy that drafted Zach Parisian was very much trying to trade for him and a gentleman who would not tell you to your face it's Monday, much less that the Islanders <laughs> were close to a trade. Can we can we juxtapose that Declan Goff on Judd's hockey show here with Bill so Bill Guerin then holds media access this afternoon. No deals made by his team, all right? But the Wild, good for them, holds a media access session. And this is so, this is Bill Guerin talking about basically being asked about Zach Parisi and the near trade with the Islanders, which we could figure out from really credible reporters at least had a chance of happening. Zach and I have a good relationship. Uh, we've, we've talked over the last week about certain possibilities. Um, we we're both completely upfront with each other and. Um, and honest with what was going on or feelings or anything like that. So uh, the fact that nothing happened today is, is fine. This is, um, you know, something that we're, we're just looking forward on now. And Zach's a big part of the Minnesota Wild, and he's, he's going to be. And uh, we're excited to still have him. So basically, Lamarillo's like, I would never, I wouldn't discuss this if my, um, if, you know, my parents had asked me. And Garrett's like, yeah, we talked to him. The sun does not rise in the west. It actually rises from a different region. It's fantastic. It was great stuff. By the way, I counted it up during our last commercial break, Declan Goff. Okay. God bless the National Hockey League. The TSN trade tracker today, 32 of them. Today alone. 32. 32, starting with the, I believe, East Eastern time last night after midnight. I think it was around 1130 here or so. It started with the Oilers sending defenseman, or I'm sorry, the Oilers acquiring defenseman Mike Green from the Detroit Red Wings for Kyle Brodziak, familiar name to the in these parts, and a conditional fourth round draft pick. Very misunderstood player. I liked Kyle Brodziak. Thirty two. Well, he was actually signed to a contract extension here at one point. I remember it well. But that was trade one of thirty two. Trade thirty two. Let's see if I can scroll up to it. Was the San Jose Sharks acquiring defenseman Brad uh, Brandon Davidson? for future considerations from the Calgary Flames. 30 trades in between those two, though. 30 of them. That's great. Now, the one that, the one that I think we can go back to and trace the, if it was a collapse, that might be too strong. I don't think we know the specifics. But if we could trace why the Parisi trade didn't get done, Dex, I think the trade that we could go back to was one made early this morning that involved the Islanders and the Carolina Hurricanes, okay? Yes. And, or I'm sorry, the Islanders and... Senators. Ottawa Senators. I was looking at Carolina because they made about three trades uh, today. Um, But that trade was important because the center Pajot went to the Islanders, and the Islanders sent to Ottawa three draft picks. The 2020 conditional first, which is lottery protected, which means it's gone. The Islanders are going to make the playoffs. The second one was a 2020 second round pick, which will go from the Islanders to the Senators. And the third was a 2022 conditional third round pick, which is dependent on the, which only goes to the Senators in 2022 if the Islanders win the Stanley Cup. That could be the trade that threw a fly in the ointment of the Islanders wild trade. Because let's say that we, we know for a fact that the Parisi talks because Lamarillo and Zach go way back, started centered around talks between Paul Fenton and the Islanders, all right? So let's trace these talks back to they went from Fenton, and then in late um, July he gets fired. Bill Guerin gets the job. And so Lamarillo and Guerin, and if I'm also correct about this, Bill Guerin was drafted by the Devils by Lou. So they're, they're tight as well. So let's say that those talks picked up. And there's a lot of stuff to get through. But eventually, at some point in time, Bill Guerin probably went to Zach and said, all right, Zach, I'm talking to your guy, Lamarillo and the Islanders. Would you be willing to waive your no move? And he said yes. Well, then today, because the Pajot trade's a good trade, too. It, it, he's a center. He can, he can take over um, the centering duties, I believe, on the Islanders' third line. But if this went down in that way and then... Lamarillo called Garen back this afternoon and said, or this morning and said, I just traded two draft picks in 2020. By the way, my first two picks in 2020, Declan. So those are gone. I could easily see Bill Garen being like, whoa, 
Now what do I do? I wanted a second round pick in 2020. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I'm throwing stuff against the wall, but clearly these talks didn't start last night. They had been ongoing for a long time. So we just found out, which often happens. Question then becomes, what caused it not to happen? If you want to throw a competition out of throwing stuff against the wall, I can meet you out out back here in, Hold on in a, second. In, in a in fact, minute. In fact, you know what? Hold on. Yeah. Reckless speculation. Go ahead. We're going to bring this up again. I feel like we've put it to bed this morning, but it's now resurfaced because of this trade with the New York Islanders. On Friday, I wrote player-for-player player trades with the Wild and Islanders. Okay, one of them involved the Wild and Islanders. Eric Stahl goes to New York. He's the, he becomes the third-line center. And all I want back is Otto Koivula. Another Koivu in a way. But a I don't need any more Koivu. Six foot four, two hundred and twenty-five yeah, pounds, big power forward, can play both center or wing. He's being buried. He's has he has decent AHL numbers. And in fact, he was sent down on a conditional stint, kind of, this morning to make room for Pegu. Okay? Instead of ears. instead of a first round pick, instead of a second round pick, no conditional BS. I'm playing GM right here for you, Lou. And I would have given you Eric Stahl for that kid. You would have been able to keep both your first-round picks. I would have been able to get the prospect I wanted. We would have been able to sweeten the Parisi deal. I'm not saying Lou Lamorello read my stuff, because, you know, once it's out there, he don't want nothing to do with it. But I find it very hard to believe that the kid that just got sent down, who I know is coming right back up because it's just a roster swap, because they're doing a visa issue, I'm just saying it sounds like I had this trade figured out and it would have costed just a player, and Eric Stahl would have not give up draft picks. It would have been great. Instead of Pajot? Yeah, instead of Pajot. But J.G. Pajot is a superior player who, who then who then signed, I believe, a six-year contract. Right. But why He's a better player. <laughs> but you're going to lock him Eric into Stahl. seven years. I, Eric, if Eric Stahl can go there for two years and be the third-line center for a fraction of the cost, and you can still possibly go get the better third-line center down the road in free agency a year or two from now if you're in New York... It's not like you have to go get a third-line center right now. I would rather have uh, Pajol than Parisi. I would have sent him Stahl and Parisi. Okay. For Koivula. Okay. And a second-round pick. Also take on your boy Andrew Ladd for the salary reasons. Right. That way it's player for player. There's a there's a draft pick to sweeten the deal. I think I screwed Lou Ramallero in not making this trade because I already reported it on Friday. I already. I would add his, his third line well, wait, center wait, figured wait, out. Wait, you didn't report it. You threw it out against the wall. Yeah, which I did I appreciate. You're by right. the fact, I'm sorry. Yeah, you'd, you bad language. Correct. You can't call. I agree. This reported. Reckless speculation. My apologies. I rescind that statement. The point is, you put up three trades out three there. Three trades out there that, that drew more Koivula. venom, more venom than anything I've ever seen on Score North. I know. It was a monumental day for the website. And also my ego. It was great. So I disagree with you. I would have. I think the the trade for JG Pajot was fine, um, but I do think that that very well. And and I would rather have him than Parisi. But I do think that there, because why did this? I think there's a chance that that really set this deal back. What would be so if we were to go down the discussion point of why this didn't get done? Okay, so let's let's pick the reasons. Because it's important to keep in mind that this trade was probably in the works for months, just at least loosely with Garen. Garen and Lamarillo probably talk a lot because they're buddies. And and I think a, a lot of those guys like Garen see Lou as sort of a mentor, which he probably is. It could have fallen apart because it got out. Because we know for a fact that Lamarillo gets very upset. He does not like that. As we talked about during the impromptu two to three Jets hockey show, right? That could have been, he could have said, it's done now. It got out. I don't like that. It's done. Because I'll play this again. I mean, this is, this is how old school Lou can be talking about a trade that basically everyone and their brother knew was going down. Uh, We heard rumblings about uh, an interest from you and the Islanders to acquire Zach Parise. Uh, Can you confirm or deny those rumors for us? No, I wouldn't even confirm or deny uh, because you get into a rhetoric about something that you really shouldn't get into. So I wouldn't interpret it either way other than uh, that's not something that I believe in talking about. Uh, 
whether it be yesterday, today, or tomorrow, and you can't always believe what you read uh, or hear. I didn't see it coming to fruition with the rumors out there. We know it didn't come from your side, Lou. I can guarantee that after (laughs) knowing you for the last 25 years. So, Dex, let's say reason one, just hypothetically, he got mad and said, if it's out there, it's done. All right. Not totally buying that, but I'll hear it. Could have happened. Reason number two, the Parisi trade, which this morning sounded like it was going to get done. This was not a speculatory trade of, oh, my goodness, could something get done? This A lot of credible reporters said that this was close, right? Reason number two why it didn't get done could have been the Pajot trade caused the Islanders to give up assets that the Wild wanted badly. Correct. Because I do agree with what you've been saying, which is you're not just going to take on the Andrew Ladd contract for, you're not that desperate to move a guy who's got 21 goals in 60 games. Right. Like, you don't have to trade him. Right. Okay. That's a pretty plausible explanation. We know that he did not, that Zach okayed the trade. So in the case of Koivu, who, by the way, I believe was at Russo, somebody reported that the Islanders were actually inquiring about Koivu as well. And Koivu said, I won't accept a trade. We know that there was no problem with Zach okaying a, a trade. So I would say reason number two to me, probably if the Wild thought to themselves, all right, you give us Ladd and your 2020 first or second round pick. Probably not both, but at least one of them. High draft pick, 2020. If they get the if they had gotten the Islanders first round pick in 2020, that would have given Garen his own first round draft pick, which should be if the Wild does things right, fa- Top 10, fairly high, right? Yep. Pittsburgh's first-round pick, which won't be high, but it's a first-round pick. And then the Islanders, so that that You'd be would have t- had them working with three first-round picks. Yep. So I could see that reason being why this fell apart. I could see Lamarillo if he found out that the trade, or if when, when he read that the trade got out, being upset. But I would think, unless there's a, pl- a plausible explanation that we're not thinking of in 651-646-8255 if you had one. I don't know that there would be a fourth option for why this didn't get done. I don't know either. If there would be something if there would be something where Billy decided, Bill Garrett decided last second, hey, I can't do I can't do this. Other than Lou said, take Andrew Ladd and I don't know, a third round pick, a fourth round pick. And Garrett said I can't do that low a draft pick. Yeah. I, I just think Parisi and Stahl Okay, for the Islanders' second-round pick, and Koivula, the prospect, by the way, Koivula, making sure I'm getting getting out there right, and and Andrew Ladd, I think that would have been a square trade. I think it would have been very square. I'm going to take on the bad buyout that you have, bad contract yeah, you're that you a have. Bad contract, yeah. I get my prospect, and you know what? That second-round pick, let's just move it down to a fourth because this Koivula kid's supposed to be a top prospect. I'll bite the bullet that he'll he'll come to fruition. Okay. I think it. I think that would have been something that would have been at least somewhat of even. Because, like we said, it's going to be so. It's almost impossible to make this an even trade. You know. Right. For the wild side. Right. So I think that would have been enough to get it done. I really do. Well, I do think that the from the wild standpoint, or I should say, from the standpoint of wild fans, Dex, I don't think there's any way that if Parisi is moved, let's say it's July now. I don't think there's any way the fan base here is going to think that the trade was fair. I think they're all going I think you're going to get a large response. You will get some people saying I'm glad the contract is gone and that salary cap uh spot is probably opened up quite a bit. But I think you're going to get a large portion of wild fans who say, "How could you trade him for that?" And I got to be honest, if you're Bill Guerin at this point, you can't worry about that. Zach's 35. He's still a good player. He gets hurt a lot. He's played 60 games so far this season, so that has not happened. But there's never going to be a time now where if you trade Zach that you're going to get all the fans being like, that's a fantastic trade. You're going to get pushback from fans who say, you couldn't get more, and the response is, absolutely not. Right, and I think a lot of fans maybe thought Ladd was the only piece in that return. And and look, the biggest hiccup is we don't know what the Wild asked for and or what New York was was not willing to give up in the return. Because it wasn't just Parise and Ladd. It wasn't, clearly was not going to be it. That doesn't make any sense for Minnesota to do. Zero. Zero sense for Minnesota to do yeah, that. He's not, yeah, he's not going to get completely Zero. Free. He's 
To Bill Guerin's credit, and this is going to be damning with faint praise, he's not going to get completely fleeced. He'll get partially fleeced. Right. But he's he's biting that bullet. But, but the, the end goal is to clear the salary. But this, yes, yes. But this is this is why I get not doing this. I'm disappointed, but I get it. I completely get not doing Brodeen and Dumba. But this is why I would have allowed it to look like I got fleeced on stall. Because I take the third round pick and be very happy. And I think fans would be like, Eric Stahl did a lot for you and he played first line, and that's all very true. But watch how he's playing right now. The two guys that I would have taken whatever I could get and moved on would have been would have been Stahl and Galchenyuk. Unless there's a plan behind the scenes that I don't know with Galchenyuk, but I don't bring him back. But those are those are the players that I would have allowed myself. I would have allowed the public to be briefly, and I think it's briefly outraged. I get this. I get you're not going to just exchange an expiring contract for Zach. Well, in the typical Declan kiss of death, you know, once I called out Galchenyuk on that road trip in the second period, he came out and, and scores the game tying goal and gets the shootout goal and has now strung together a, a, a decent amount but of games. But now you're going to say he's playing well and it's going to kill him. I don't think, no, it's not going to kill him. I'm still open. I'm not on board. I'm open to the idea of bringing Galchenyuk back for the right price. I am. I'm still on I'm board not, with it. I'm not I'm not bringing him back. Especially if he can show he can play center. I would advise them not to bring him back. If he can still play center. He's not going to play him at center. I mean, he played some there because he, he had to because Cunnan's hurt now. Now, I'm moving on from him. He's, he's an expiring contract that I would have traded. Two thoughts on Dumba and Brody not being traded. Because there's no question that Bill Guerin Dex talked to uh, this team about him. About them, I should say. Carolina Hurricanes made two substantial trades today to acquire defensemen, okay? They were in, in need of defensemen. Mike, yeah. Dougie Hamilton's injured. I believe he's probably out the rest of the season. Uh, they lost another defenseman on Saturday in the game where um, the guy from Toronto, the backup Zamboni driver for the Marlies, had to come in and play for them. So it got overshadowed by that. But two defensemen acquired by Carolina, and I want your th- I want your thoughts on the fact that these offers were probably made for Brodine or Dumba, okay? Brady Shade traded from the Rangers, who, by the way, had a very weird day. They signed Kreider to a... a they were going to trade Kreider up until, <laughs> yeah. what, the last 48 hours. Right. Then they signed him to a seven-year contract extension, which is the max that you can sign a player for now, I believe. And so the Rangers are have realized they're possibly a playoff team, but they traded Brady Shade, a defenseman who obviously played for the Gophers to Carolina, uh, for a 2020 first-round pick, Okay. And then the other defenseman that the Carolina Hurricanes acquired, Sammy Vatnin, for a young forward, I believe, by the name of, if I'm pronouncing this right, and odds are I'm not, Yanni Kokinen, a defenseman, Frederick Clausen, who I would take it, both those guys are prospects, and then a conditional 2020 fourth-round pick. Would either of those packages interested you for Dumba or Brodeen? So in the case of the uh, Devils trade, you got... Let's say two young players, prospects, I believe, and a conditional 2024th round pick. And then in the case of the Rangers trade, it's just a straight up, you got the Rangers 2021st round pick. I don't, I would have to do digging on the prospects of how good those well, guys let's say that Carolina gave up. Let's say they're okay. Let's say they're good. Let's say they're nice, not great prospects. Yeah, I consider it. I'd listen to it. I, I, I mean, I had my eyes on, on the center. I need the top six center. And, Carolina went all in on this deadline. They really did. They're, they're going all in here. I still think um, they got some major questions in net there. And I know our, our boy that came in yesterday, uh, came yesterday to, sa- to save their seat, to save the game against Toronto is not going to be their answer. Cause I know, I believe Mazark, one of the goalies is, is significantly hurt. They wouldn't say which one, but Brendan Moore said one of them is significantly hurt. So they're already down a goaltender. Reimer Mazark, right? Yeah. Reimer or Mazark. And there's a, those other two guys down there. Okay. So I, from the wild side though, I would I'd consider it, but I need I would need probably that first round pick for for either of those two. I think that has to be the I think that has to be the the starter, and then the prospect. Depending how good the prospect is, I I need to know how significant he is going to be. I've got a question about one trade in particular that happened this afternoon that I guess confuses me, and it's not what they what this team traded away was not a ton, but I'm still confused by it. It's the Buffalo Sabres trade with the Devils, Declan. The New Jersey Devils <laughs> obtained a conditional 2021 fifth-round pick from the Sabres in return for a guy that I believe at the deadline last year, a couple of years ago, was actually linked to the Wild. Forward Wayne Simmons, who's a solid 
Tough guy Man, forward, I okay? I like Wayne. And the fifth-round pick can turn into a fourth-rounder if the Sabres make the playoffs and Simmons plays 10 games. The Devils then retain 50% of Wayne Simmons' $5 million salary slash cap hit. Does Jason Botterill and Buffalo have any idea what they're doing? Like Carolina, I like I like what they're doing. There's a process there, right? Right. Bill Guerin, I, I get it. Don't love everything he didn't do, but I'm also not sitting here ripping him. But what the hell are the Sabres doing? Like, yeah, I don't know. Do, like, do you really think adding Wayne Simmons is going to change your locker room dynamic Correct. that much? I mean, what's he going to? He went last year to Nashville. I think Philadelphia. In fact, I'm sure of it. Chuck Fletcher traded him to Nashville. Same type of deal last year. And as I recall, went there and had no impact. They acquired, I think, Simmons and Boyle, who's now in Florida. Uh, and now the Sabres do that. There's just... And look, hockey, there's plenty of poorly run teams. I completely get that. But this one left me just completely confused. This is your this is your deadline day deal? Right. Well, Buffalo is looking for offense because I even looked at some of those guys, too, for those possible player-for-player trades because I know Reinhardt's an RFA this year. Obviously, Jack Eichel's a stud, and he's probably not going anywhere. They they would probably list him as untouchable. But Buffalo's stuck. You know what? But Buffalo, for the last three years, has gotten off to these hot starts and like, oh, finally these kids are taking the next step, and they plateau. So, I, I I don't get it either. I like Wayne Simmons a lot as a player. I would have probably rather seen him gone to a contender and and help them. But I mean, Buffalo but is he such didn't a do mess. Too much for Nashville. The contenders might have said no, thank you. Yeah, that's also true. All right, Judd's hockey show episode was this two or three today? I forget. <sighs> two. Three. 30, 32 trades. None involved the wild, but that doesn't mean there wasn't plenty to talk about. Uh, we are done. Vent line back tomorrow and Judd's Hockey Show. The podcast will air tomorrow at uh, 7 o'clock, correct? That is correct, Right here on Score North. Thanks for sticking with us all day. Talk to you later. This is Judd's Hockey Show. Listen to what I'm telling you. On Score North and scorenorth.com. Did you know that 61% of pet owners feel more prepared to be a good pet parent after testing with Embark? Embark your dog with Embark's dog DNA test to get hundreds of actionable health insights. You can be proactive with their health and work with your vet on a personalized care plan. Go to EmbarkVet.com and use promo code DNA, that's DNA, to get $60 off an Embark Breed and Health Kit or Purebred Kit with free shipping. That's promo code DNA to save today.